Hello, everyone. Welcome back to what the Labeled Paranormal uh, with your hosts, Mark and Tom. How's everybody doing? Hope you had a great uh, day, week. Who knows when you're listening to this, but I hope you're doing well. So here at Labeled Paranormal, we want to basically talk about everything. We're just two guys here shooting the shit, if lack of a better word, about things that are labeled paranormal. Huh, a title. So, (laughs) some things, you know, are overly paranormal. You know, you have the ghosts and you have UFOs, cryptids, things like that. But there's a bit of paranormal even in the scientific realm. And one of those things that we want to talk about is metaphysics. And, you know, for all of you who hear the word metaphysics and maybe want to turn this off, I hear you. But metaphysics is a lot simpler than what the word (laughs) um, uh, signifies. So if we were to give a regular definition of it, metaphysics is the branch of philosophy that studies the fundamental nature of reality and includes principles of existence, identity, change, space and time, cause and effect, necessity, actuality, and possibility. So all of that will You know, it's pretty intimidating to hear about that, but metaphysics is honestly the study of things beyond our physical world. That's how we want to say it. Meta is short for what the fuck, and physics is short for (laughs) is that. So basically, (laughs) we are trying to figure out, outside of our normal world, if this is a bottle cap, this is a can, what the fuck is that? (laughs) So Exactly. When you don't know, and it drives it to the point of cussing. Some of that is probably paranormal. Would you agree, Mark, with that one? <laughs> I would. I would agree. Yeah, it's definitely <laughs> outside of normal for sure. And, and Greek Latin word, I don't know, but what the fuck is that? That's yeah. what we need to focus on. Keep, we'll keep it in that realm for us. Yeah. So metaphysics was taken all the way back. Um, it even has ancient um, texts written about it. Uh, Aristotle had theorized about it a lot. Uh, in in learning about metaphysics and, in, you know, through my time, the Germans, man, that area really has a lot of people that spend a lot of time thinking about metaphysics. Oh, yeah. And it's not just a, you know, a, a, a posh, or not posh, but it's a, a you know, a taboo topic. It, it's really talked about by people a lot smarter than me, first off, and secondly, people of historical value, not just um, you know, the town drunk talking about what he thinks is going on in the world or the yeah. universe or things like that. So, you know, we, we tend to listen to those people. We listen about them for almost all the things, you know, uh, Plato, Aristotle, Socrates, Machiavelli, they shape the forms of every major religion or major government, I'm sorry, uh, that come, <laughs> you know, down the pipe. You know, we, we have that whole theory still of, you know, good for the group or good for the person. You know, we mm-hmm. still talk about that. So it would be naive to push every, you know something like this off to the side and you know there, there's some very good sayings in me- actually when you speak about metaphysics you have probably some of the best sayings in the paranormal world um pertaining to this topic you can get a lot of quotes is what i'm trying to say from this yeah one that spoke a lot to me involves with a little bit of the dualism i guess we can call it where something i never thought of and it was like when i heard it or read it basically mm-hmm. and it was it mark i want to pick your brain about this a little bit too just this little part and then we'll get into it go for it um 
I believe it was H.L. Mandel, if I'm saying his name correctly, might not. But uh, Henry Longville, and I'm drawing a blank on the last name, so please forgive me, but he said, everybody knows what a river is, right? We all know yeah. what a river is. He said, you never step into that same river twice. And That's I was right. Like, <laughs> That's I right. Like, well, what, what do you think about that? What's, what's your first reaction when, when you hear that? Well, um, uh, you know, the thing is, I, I, I think um, that ties in really well with the idea of um, if a tree falls in the forest yeah. um, and nobody hears it, did it actually make a sound? And um, we're going to get into that a little, a, very shortly. Um, but you're right. Um, metaphysics is kind of um, the dynamic meta effects of our material reality. Like um, the, the, the weirdness that appears in our reality from things that we may not have a good grasp on of understanding or even as humans are capable of understanding that's where metaphysics comes in absolutely and and you know we'll get into our first topic here in a little bit but one thing that i loved about that saying is you have this certain branch we're saying everything's constant and then you look at a river and you never step in the same river twice that doesn't say anything about the constant that says all about change yeah where we are just adapting to a changing reality and how we adapt shapes our life and the things around us, which in essence is something we can't measure through normal means right. and thus metaphysics. It can be boiled down as simply as our perception, yeah. which brings into account a lot of things. And I'm going to transition into our, our first topic because we all love to ask, why are we here? What is yeah. our purpose? What was I designed here for? And we can find bits and pieces of that in our daily life. Well, I'm here to go to work to make money and pay my bills. I'm here to take care of my son, my daughter, my wife, my husband, whomever, right? The overall greater scope is why were we put on this planet? As much as I want to be cynical, because there's a part of me that does, I will not lie to you, and say we are just things from the cosmos particles from the cosmos created we're going to live we're going to die and no one's going to remember us that as older as as i get older i realize how maybe lazy that is of me to just put a broad brush on that things about our reality that come into our our our, our wavelengths our mind space right they have so many meanings behind them that i can't just say everything is chance what I mean by that is we take a look at this grand theory, the simulation theory, right? That's something that is very popular, might have been always popular. You know, I'm just getting older in this time period, you know. But um, when you have a simulation theory or that we are here for something, a test, you know, whether it's our souls, an energy simulation, which some of the classified documents will have you believe. Or, you know, let's just see if they're going to go to heaven or hell. Or are they going to stay on Earth until they figure it out? I think the simulation theory in the terms of metaphysics is probably the granddaddy question of them all. Um, 
And I would say it is definitely the most popular, the most prominent because, um, I, I, I think it's because it's the most easily understandable. Um, it, it, and the simulation theory has, you know, it goes back centuries, um, in, in different contexts. But today, the way that we think about the simulation theory, I mean, everybody's seen the matrix. You think, can our reality be generated with computers? It's a very surface level idea. And I just want to, and as a, as a CGI guy, I love 3d animation. I just want to cover this real quick and then we're going to move on to um, stuff that's not related to this at all, because I just want to get this version out of the way. The answer and, is, and you're not, you're not just a CGI guy. You've actually studied this too. Oh yeah. No, I went, I went to college for, um, yeah. so for, it's not, for this kind of stuff. So a pleasure hobby. if you did it in college, yeah. it's not a pleasure. Hobby. So. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to uh, pull this up um, that, this is where we're at with modern CGI. This is entirely CGI, what, what you see here. And it, it just looks real. This, this looks like um, video footage of a guy, you know, about Walking to do some stuff. And... Yeah. Like yeah. this, the, the, the kind of graphical like technology. Yeah. It, it, the kind of graphical technology <laughs> that we have today is is just it's genuinely incredible so the question of can we simulate reality well we're getting there but, but you know that's that's not really what this this video is is about um i want to move uh to you know what i think is is part of this um let me pull this up um, well, I mean, you know, you work in IT, I work in IT, you know, graphics yeah. processors, they're getting to the point where they can handle a lot more, way more than us even dreaming of 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Like, and, and that's the thing is that 10 years ago, we thought, you know, graphics are never going to look that real. But actually, no. we can get pretty photographic at this point. And not just like the kind of CGI that you could tell a CGI in a Marvel movie, but the kind of CGI that has proper tessellation, um, ray tracing, path tracing, you know, um, subsurface light tessellation. Like it's, it's yeah. really getting crazy with the kind of CGI we have. Like it looks photorealistic. It can think for you too. You know, yeah. it, it pick up on things you might've missed. Exactly. Your um, editing, I should say. Yeah. But I wanted to get into this because, you know, these physicists won the Nobel prize to prove it. I and this is, that. Yeah, I don't mean to cut you off, but I just love reading that title. Yeah, it, it's 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 really dramatic and shocking because it's not just that that you know this is real. Uh, the Nobel these are physicists who won this Nobel Prize, but this is actually a pretty paranormal woo concept that remained in that category until they proved it. Uh, until they proved it, um, so. I really urge anybody who's really interested in this to, to read this article, Scientific American, the, uni uh, the universe is not locally real, and the physics, the physics Nobel Prize winners proved it. Um, now, I'm not going to do a deep dive on this right now because there's a lot of really hard-to-parse concepts with it. But I will boil it down to one easily digestible concept that um, most people have heard of. Um, and it is, um, you know, what I said earlier, if a tree falls in the forest, um, 
and nobody's around to hear it, does it make a sound? Now, really, what this, what these physicists found is it may not actually make a sound. And as crazy as that sounds, for the scientific-minded, take into account that if a tree does fall in the forest and literally no one is there to hear it, there is no evidence at all that it made a sound scientifically, you know? No. Um, so, I mean, it, it, it sounds like a crazy concept, but these guys have proved it. And, and this has origins in the double slit experiment. Basically what it comes down to is that our consciousness impacts reality in a certain way. These uh, basically, objects material objects may not actually have um th they may not have defined physical properties to them until we consciously acknowledge them and attempt to measure them which means it it has it has a, a lot of really crazy implications and it, it, it directly relates to the simulation theory it implies that our reality is not locally real. This might all be some type of construct. Um, it, it might be like some type of interdimensional video game that we're dealing with here. Um, and and it, there's, there's greater implications to it. What do you think about that kind of stuff, Tom? Yeah, so, I mean, that's all fascinating to me because um have you ever and i don't know this personally but have you ever like bought or sold a home um no no okay so um i didn't do it when i bought or sold my home but when i bought my first home i should say when mm -hmm. i bought my first home everything was staged in there mm -hmm. everything was staged so the, the bed was like cardboard even though it was made and it was nice for the pictures right right the uh tv on the wall was like this the size of this booklet thick wise and it was just cardboard but it was painted really really real so right. in a picture you just see like a black you're like oh a tv was made yeah. there and it wasn't it's almost like that where where everything you have looks the part yeah but until you interact with it it's not the part yeah so in layman's terms i can't touch the wall on the other side of this room yeah i felt it before it felt real at this point right now, I can't give you any scientific evidence whether that's real other, or whether that's made of the same material that it was before because I can see that it looks real. But I saw a real TV and a picture, but that, that wasn't it. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I can't. There isn't anything I can do. And it's fascinating to me, jumping topics back to the forest, right? Me trying to be skeptical, I'm trying to think, well, couldn't you put a microphone in the woods? You know what I mean? Because no one's around to hear it. And that, you know, eventually you are around to hear it. If you take that mic and play it back, you did hear it. It has nothing to do with me hearing the sound. It has everything to do with the event that was caused back then. So another thing was, well, couldn't it start, you know, say there's a herd of deer and they start running because the tree fell and it was a big sound. Well, you don't even know if those deer are real in the first place or if they're even there. So that argument's out right then. Then I'm like, well, isn't there a way to measure vibration or something like that? Like how you have an earthquake. And, and yeah, there 
there is, but even those technical measurements and those technical apparatuses have a limit to what they are. You know, I can't hear a tree fall in, you know, two miles away mm. based off of that. It's not going to be big enough to make a rumble that would go all the way over here to, for me yeah. to hear that. So it, I, as much as I want to argue, it's a very surface level argument. It's level yeah. one. Because every time I then go to the second level of like, okay, let me argue this, but hold on, let me, how would I argue against me back? I always yeah. have an answer, which I find is fascinating because a lot of things in paranormal, you don't have that second level answer or the third level answer, you yeah. know, or, or the argument, I should say, not answer, but the argument. So with this, you're exactly right. You know, if you can't prove, I'll raise you one better. Here's what I'm trying to say. Not only can you not prove whether a tree fell in the forest, whether you can hear it, you can't even prove that tree was there in the first place. That's <laughs> yeah, and and that adds to the the kind of the the weirdness of it all, and like Douglas Adams, you know, probability engine, um, that those kind of concepts, like you know, it it it's not it's not impossible; it's just improbable. You know, yeah. it's just, it's not impossible that you'll wake up with a million dollars one day. It's just extremely improbable, you know? Um, but I, I think, and that's uh, a shame. I, yeah, I know. Right. Uh, I, I think another angle of this, um, is can humans experience objective reality? And I, I don't think we are actually capable of experiencing objective reality, we can only experience uh, reality subjective to our own limitations. And, th and those are the limitations. Those are also the limitations of our measurement devices. So how can, and you know, this, this talks to the frontiers of science as well. How can we know the limits of science? We don't even have a unified field theory. If we can't even objectively measure things. You know, it, we can subjectively do it. And, you know, the, the quest in science is to get as close to the truth as possible. And we do a good job at that. We try to get as close to the truth as possible. But as humans, subjectively, I don't know if we're ever really going to get there. And that draws to a greater point is in that, you know, are we kind as humans, are we kind of stuck here at this level will we ever go beyond you know and you know at, at these concepts um simulation theory metaphysics um how old are they you know uh, how far do they go back it's like what you said aristotle and plato would would talk about this kind of stuff um you know if you go back far enough you you, you run into Gnosticism, which basically brought up these concepts that um, the material world is a lie. It's kind of like a simulation. We're kind of trapped here. Um, and there are um, higher interdimensional beings that are kind of orchestrating things. Um, and this seems to uh, be this, this idea seems to be rising up um, in, in ufology today, um, yes. where we get the, these ideas, uh, and I think it goes back to Gnosticism. I think they basically address these beings as archons or, or watchers, um, these, these sort of beings that exist outside 
the the simulation of reality and um a a big idea that's rising in ufology is the idea that these ufos might be metaphysical constructs you know they might be some sort of metaphysical construct that pokes into our reality and looks at us and observes us kind of like a big giant truman show yeah what do you what do you think about that kind and of stuff to make sure we don't blow ourselves up or blow up other people right. or you yeah. know, things of that nature don't screw up the simulation you know, look just i mean you don't have to take my word for it go look at how many of these sightings are near military bases nuclear sites what have you mm-hmm. um but one thing one thing he said you know i don't believe we can have an objective reality you know what i mean i, I don't believe we can do that because you were talking about our tools are not equipped for doing that. And I have one word as to why I believe, and this is just me, you know, not anything with the show, just me personally. I believe there's one word to blame for that, and that is ego. That is our concept of ego, because we have not created one single thing that wasn't to benefit us. <laughs> in some that's way, right. Yeah. Some roundabout way. You can try to find surface level things, and that's fine. Like, let's say binoculars. How does that do anything? Well, it protects us from danger. It allows us to greater eyesight. It allows us to be better than what we are. Everything yeah. we've created allows us to be better than what we are. Yeah. So if we were to take that and stretch that all the way out, we can't have an objective reality because all of our tools benefit us and nothing else. <laughs> right. So if we use that concept going out, we you know weapons is easy we find bigger and better ways to kill each other all the time right right then we have um anything that involves well we help animals and things like that we are just making sure they don't kill themselves out so we have something to eat, okay yeah. and the fact that you know we only eat certain animals here is just because people weren't hungry enough let's face facts <laughs> so yeah. um then you have things like well we want to explore and we everything we got is to get us there quicker faster safer and in a hurry yeah. so i don't believe we have done anything for or created any tool to measure anything outside of us so if we are a self-enclosed dome we can figure everything out that has to do with us but we're not even there yet because we're too busy arguing of who to and what to and where to look and all of this yeah. we still don't have a way to you know protect us from protect everybody from a bug bite a certain bug bite right right you know we can do if you're in this country you're okay if in this country eh, probably not so yeah we can't even do that so i think the greater concept of all of this in terms of the metaphysical world and 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 being able to measure it and then we're kind of stuck here in a simulation we might be trapped rather than placed maybe not a game but a prison an interdimensional prison where you guys need to sit and fix everybody and before you move on to the next level. Because right. how we're taught, how everything on this planet is taught is be first and you win, right? Yeah. Not be in the top five, but help everybody. Yeah. It's be first and win. Yeah. So as, until we make sure that the first place runs to the back of the line in the race and grabs the guy, put him over his shoulder and helps him get across the finish line, I don't believe we're going to get enough experience points to move on if we want to link it to a video game we need to it's becoming conscious it's becoming aware as i get older that there's a lot of one mind one consciousness type of thing but 
man, we sure do love to put other people down for whatever. I mean, it yeah. could be whatever. It doesn't have yeah. to be race anymore. They'll yeah. put you down because you can't walk right, because you can't talk right. Who you choose to love, who yeah. you choose to don't love. You know what I mean? It, yeah. We're well, only becoming more and more decisive. So maybe yeah. we're actually moving further and further away from the goal. Yeah, so we're becoming more jaded. Get, yeah, when people are getting more and more, um, they're noticing more and more glitches in the matrix. You know, we might be the CD that's scratched. Because right. we're moving too far away from the goal. Well, n- not just that. I mean, uh, a couple of things, but um, I-, I think what you brought up that we are kind of, especially through the internet and technology, we're kind of creating our own um, echo chambers, our own bubbles. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, as, as we progress forward with the internet and all these big social media apps and stuff like that, people are becoming more and more absorbed into technology and are kind of forgetting to even, you know, interact with real reality anymore. You know, people, you know, a lot of people, and this, this goes to like our episodes about other things. They don't really understand how massive, you know, the, the United States is how, how much wilderness there really is. You know, um, I know people who live in Philadelphia and they've basically never left Philadelphia. They are completely in their own little echo chamber. They, they don't really acknowledge things that happen outside the city, you know, and I'm born here. I'll die here type mentality. Yeah, exactly. I don't need to travel any more than 10 miles out, but you know, as to the other concepts that you were talking about, um buddhism lends to them where you know part of buddhism is forgoing material reality uh focusing on transcendental meditation so that you can ascend uh, so that you can break free of this sort of prison planet in lit enlightened so you can sort of break free of this prison planet um and you know Another big concept uh, with all this um, is is mind body dualism. Um, uh, mind body dualism um, is basically the idea that it's it's shared in a lot of religions that you know um, the the soul is a different entity from the body, and this plays directly into simulation theory and that. Mm-hmm these these vessels that we're in could be avatars for some higher dimensional being and like you said earlier um these ufos seem to be interacting with our nuclear sites um and a a somewhat um less well-known theme in ufology is they these these beings don't like nuclear weapons because they interfere with our spiritual components with some type of spiritual component um yeah so uh, yeah what do you think about stuff like that i think that this could possibly be um nuclear right or in the way we interact with nuclear material yeah might be across the board across the dimensions where it doesn't only affect us it can move itself into other realms right that is where I like to subscribe to that idea more than 
oh, we have to save this planet of, of apes from killing itself. You know what I mean? Because yeah. at that rate, am I supposed to believe that some other advanced intelligence so far away we can't even spot them with a telescope is going to care what we do over here? You know, or, hey, we're interacting with different wavelengths. We're interacting with different things where this radiation does not know our current realm and, and to stay in the third dimension if, if that, that is what we are and can move to four or five, however many it goes. So I think part of that, you know, is self-preservation on that dimension, on that reality, um, on, in their realm, honestly. Because I think when, when you have this going on here, it'd be naive to think it can't go on anywhere else. So yeah. when we study 2D objects, we can crush 2D objects. Mm. We can't crush a 4D object. Right. That would have to be on the 4G, the 5G, you know, or 4D, 5D, you know, things like yeah. that. So, but that's not to say we can't affect it in a way that makes it pollutinous and inhabitable, uninhabitable mm. for them as well. Do you think, what do you think about the idea of this reality? I mean, and, and some religions cover this idea. I think Christianity does uh, pretty well. Um, this reality being a test where we're kind of yeah. sort of playing a game where we have to make the right choices. Um, now in, in, in other, in other conceptualizations, it's more of a, a, a learning and growing experience where you have these kind of higher dimensional beings that mm -hmm. have a hard time wrapping their heads around, you know, the concepts that we do. So they have to experience our reality through these vessels to learn and grow and take that knowledge back to a source consciousness, a super consciousness. What do you think so, about that? I absolutely um, love that part about it. And and I don't know if I've mentioned it to you before in various other um, times speaking with you, but when you get into the simulation theory of this is put on for something and we don't know what that something is. It right. could be energy. It could be yeah. morality. It could be how good you are, whatever it might be. Mm. When you talk about you are on Earth and based on your actions on Earth, you go to heaven or hell and some believe in purgatory. Right. That doesn't sound too much, too far off of what a simulation is. Yeah. Where how do I know if I'm going to heaven or hell how I live my life? Oh, okay, well, we'll give you these Ten Commandments, and then here are these rules where you have to live your life by. Yeah. Okay. So now I have my rules. I have my manual, right? Yeah. Well, are all of these bad? Because it's saying if I don't listen to my mom or dad or I lie, it's on the same plane as killing someone or, or stealing. So what... um. You know, oh, well, no, well, you know, th those are guides, but yes, yeah, some are worse than others. Yeah. And, you know, if you're really sorry, you can repent and then, you know, but if you repent some of the easy ones, you know, you have only maybe 10 Hail Marys to do. And then if you have a hard one, you have to go to jail and you have to do acts of service before you can get back in God's grace. Yeah. Okay. So now I have the the objective, I have the rules and I have the path. <laughs> yeah. So. It doesn't sound too far off of a game that you're playing from the beginning. Inherently, yeah. at the beginning of that game, when you first pop in your disc or whatever it was, you know, you download your game, you get up to a, a life sequence, right? You get up to an unskippable part. Yeah. 
who knows that we just don't remember that part where right. you're like, okay, you failed last time. Yeah. You did not do what you were supposed to do, but you weren't terrible. Yeah. So we're going to let you try again. And here you are coming into the light. And now you're a baby. And now you try to think back on your life. You and me right now at this moment, I can think of specific memories, but I can't remember living in that moment being that person. Right. So when you have the religion or any major religion that puts this in you, that you need to live a good life, you need to serve God, and then you will be rewarded with eternity. These supreme sentient beings, you know, the, these, these metaphysical gods, right? Um, putting you and judging you from what you have done on their test. Yeah. Simulation, religion, I think it just is hand in hand. I think they're just two sides of the same coin, if you want to call it that. I right. just think it's different. Um, it's the right church, different pew. Yeah. And I think they might be talking about the same thing. And and this is kind of uh, where Gnosticism comes in, where, you know, and I'm not trying to discount any any religion, but Gnosticism mm -hmm. basically comes to the conclusion that these entities that would suggest this are actually trying to fool you. Um, they're actually, there's many different types of entities out there. And when some people die, they're more susceptible to certain beliefs. So some entities try to trick them to follow what they expect. Yeah. Um, when in reality, the afterlife is, is sort of like a wild west scenario. Like, uh, um, have you ever, I think you said that you've practiced, uh, or at least attempted astral projection. Have you ever tried anything like that? Yes, yes. So yeah. there were, um, I believe that there's times in your life that are more turbulent than others. And, and that's, well, I mean, that's fact. You have bad times, you have good times, right? But I believe that when you are sort of off, when you're at your lower points, it may be, and it's not easy, but I think it might be easier to be able to do those sorts of things. So when, um, you know, when my father passed away, you know, um, very aggressive form of cancer, February diagnosed, September in the ground. Like, oh, man, you know what I mean? Like very fast. Yeah. The amount of times that I, I, my mind was thinking about astral projection, the sleep paralysis phenomenon going on, you know what I mean? All of that was right there. It mm -hmm. was, it was contained there. I don't know why I never, and even after, I never really think about astral projection. Before mm -hmm. that, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. But when I'm laying in bed and I sort of feel myself rising and I'm trying to look at myself or I'm trying to, you know what I mean, get out of my own body, mm -hmm. it was just a way of escaping what I was feeling, you know what I mean, and trying to rid myself of those things. You know what yeah. I mean? Trying to rid myself of, of the feeling that you were having. You know, it was an yeah. escape way. The sleep paralysis and stuff that came along with that and the astral projection, nobody can't tell me it wasn't real. Yeah. You know, I know what I'm feeling when I there's nothing there and something's yeah. putting an arm on the side of the bed and pushing me down. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, people can have all of their beliefs. And, and, you know, maybe in a different time, I would say I was crazy too. But mm -hmm. the astral projection and, and practicing that 
is was more about getting in tune with your energy to let yourself levitate and float out of your body. And right. some have even made it to the ground, walking away, turning around and seeing themselves. And some have even not tried to practice it, but just done it. Mm -hmm. I think with the vibrational plane in our realm, there could be a disconnect where something slides in between and we are lifted up and our bodies stay there, which eventually corrects itself because it's yeah. not it's not organic. You're not supposed to do that. Yeah. Um, but see, all of that makes sense in the mind body dualism because we are two different things. Yeah, we are. My body wants one thing. My mind wants another thing. And it's mm -hmm. always a fight in between both of them. Oh, yeah. Um, how many people, and, and I'm going to link this, and this might be controversial, I'm, I'm going to link a lot of this to people's um, problems and suffering with addiction and, and alcoholism mm -hmm. because their body wants one thing and their mind wants another thing. Exactly. And sometimes they both want the same thing, but one's reactive this way and one's reacting this way. Yeah. If you were to tell me that some of this is, you know, if you can treat addiction, alcoholism into your mind and body fighting and one wanting to win and think it's better and the other one punishing it for it it starts to make a lot of sense in that way yeah it's 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 like um our our, our bodies uh, are, are kind of animalistic in nature we have the lizard brain going on and whereas yeah. you know our consciousness knows what's going on you know, um, food and fuck. What was it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's what our bodies want because our bodies are just kind of these animalistic creatures that we're inhabiting, you know? Um, and you know, to the, to the uh, astral projection point, I just want to link in remote viewing because I think it's, I think it's related. I think remote viewing and astral projection are, are examples of, you know, mind body dualism in action where, you know, our mind can leave our body and see things, see things in the, in the metaphysical realm. I, I think that's what's happening there. That's my opinion about this. I completely things. agree. Um, you and I have talked about this before, but the super soldier programs of the 70s, 80s, not, uh, right. Well, maybe 60s, 70s, 80s, but, yeah. you know, those type of programs dealt a lot with. Well, mushroom use, let's be fair. Yeah, and then two, that's, yeah. remote viewing. Yeah. Um, the use as well, but remote viewing in the jungles because of uh, Vietnam, because mm. it was, well, there was Agent Orange for a reason. That, yeah. Those jungles were thick, right? So yeah. it, it's on the same parallel as like the Brazilian rainforest. It's just over here. You know yeah. what I mean? So you're going to grow a lot of thick vegetation. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. If you were to consider a forest, woods, what have you, a living being interconnected through roots and, and systems and things like that. Um, it's going to know when something's in there that shouldn't be there. Mm. And that's what they were trying to tune vibrationally. Their super soldiers, rather than uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's with the machine guns, yeah. they were people that were more, you know, sensitive. So mm -hmm. when they would feel some of them got very, very, very good and could yeah. pick out snipers, you know, quarter mile away. If you're telling me they can remote view that and these trainings were happening and you're putting all kinds of, you know, scientists with theories and things like that, you know, way more than what me laying in the bed thinking, wouldn't it be cool if I could get out of my body? You know mm -hmm. what I mean? They're going to have more advances than I ever did. And yeah. secondly, they're going to have documented cases of it working, yeah. whether it was pure luck. You can say that. 
yes, there's going to be snipers in the forest during a war. But when it's happened over and over again, and you can calculate where they are within a certain footage, you know what I mean, radius of them, you are allowing yourself to project. And exactly what you were saying, let's say somebody broke in, you have a big place, let's say, and you have somebody broke into your house, and they're trying to hunt you. Wouldn't it be a very, very good thing if you could hole up in a closet with your body, someplace really locked, and project yourself out to see, okay, they're over here, I need to go this way. Yeah. Now, I think it's a survival tactic on top of everything else. So uh, I just wanted to add this before before we wrap up. Um, but, you know, you, you brought up the idea of our soldiers experimenting with shrooms and stuff like that yeah. and psychedelics. Now, um, probably I, ordered, let's be fair. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, now, I, I am a huge proponent of psychedelics. I think everybody should try to do a psychedelic because I think ego death is very valuable. Um, and it's my opinion um, that... Uh, now we have a, 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 a chemical in our brain called dimethyltryptophan, um, DMT, um, and it's it's reported that this is responsible for our dreams and things like that. Um, it's a naturally occurring element, but we can actually um, synthesize it and take more. And when we take more, um, people report of going on these psychedelic trips where they are kind of going through geometric landscapes and interacting with entities. Now, my proposition is that when we do this to our brains, we're kind of widening our range, our frequency range. And so that we could intake more input, you know, uh, from the universe itself. Uh, What do you think about that? Yeah, broadening a scope, honestly. Yeah. That, that's what we're doing, and you have to be prepared for um, the aftermath of that. You know yeah. what I mean? Because um, it's it's basically a chemical way for you to open a Ouija board. You yeah, know? You exactly. You know what's going to come through. Um, because there is no way to measure it, and, and going right. back to our tools and things like that. But no, you know, we. I'm not sure many of the audience knows, but if you mess with the Ouija board and something happens, you have to do a specific thing to that board. Mm-hmm. Many people throw it in the trash, and that's the worst thing you can do, because now that you, you, you didn't close the door, you just destroyed any way of closing the door. So you have to go through a specific uh, like procedure. Almost. It's almost like a, a ritual. Your ritual to close the door from a Ouija board. Yeah. So you have that way of opening a scope, your broadening horizon, whatever you want to call it. Well, when you have, you know, DMT running through you and you open yourself to that, you have to be prepared for the aftermath because when you deal with something that serious to me, it's not just, oh, we're going to see some cool colors and shapes. Yeah, exactly. You want to do that, there's other things to do that. You know what I mean? There's other things. But DMT, um, is released when you die, right? It's, yes. It's calculated, it's measured, it's not yes. me just saying, oh, I think. It, it is. Yes. Um, is it, I believe it's from your pineal gland? Yes. Uh, your pineal gland also has DMT, but there's trace okay. elements that run throughout your brain and your body also. Okay. And a pineal gland, if you haven't heard, is we can do a whole episode on that, by the way, too. Yeah. But, um, you know, p- please look that up because 
it's a, it's something that we rarely use, if ever, but it brings a lot of joy when you do use it. Yeah. So opening <laughs> the self up, you know, DMT is nothing new to many, many cultures around the world. It might be some popular, getting popular here. Yeah. But everywhere else, and if not everywhere, then almost everywhere that deals with DMT, it's a holistic, religious, yeah. Experience. spiritual ritual. Mm-hmm. With dancing and drum beats and the whole nine yards, right? Yeah. Yep. It's not something for you to do in your room. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So. Um, yeah. No, I, I think, I think that's a, that's a great, that's a great end note to the episode. You know. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um. So and we're going to start selling DMT on here. Too. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. So. We'll have, <laughs> we'll have DMT on the web store. <laughs> yeah, on the web or DMT, you know, with our like back to back thumbs up, you know, a little. Yeah. Any artist out there, come up with a, um, a nice logo. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I loved this episode. I loved metaphysics. Yeah. The, this was honestly just scratching the surface because I believe, you know, we're going to. Many of these episodes um, for our audience, you know, we will probably revisit and subsequent or deeper yeah. dive Absolutely. into them because. Honestly, we could do an encyclopedia on on yep. just the pineal gland. Oh, <laughs> and that yeah. only came up in the last two, three minutes of this podcast. So yeah. um, stay tuned for that. But everyone, everyone.